if you've been living under a rock, Tesla have announced their latest vehicle, the Cybertruck. It's basically a big ute that goes head-to-head with the uh, the truck market in the US, the F-150s, the Rams, those kind of large format uh, dual cab style of utes. And um, have you got some of the specs there, Johnny? I have. We'll reel through those in a moment. The first thing we need to talk about, though, is the thing everybody's talking about, which is the radical design. Yep. The design itself, for those of you who haven't seen it, now I would encourage you to go over to the website and have a look just or do a search under Tesla Cybertruck. In many respects, it's a retrograde yet futuristic design. It's a triangular shape. It's done away with the curvature we see on most vehicles that we've come to expect over the past 100 years. And it's a very practical design, wouldn't you say, Silly? It puts function over form. And that design is based on what they're calling an exoskeleton. So it derives a lot of strength. Uh, through this actual design concept, it's, which is triangular. It's very, very different. And you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's going to polarize people. Yeah. But I was talking to someone about it this morning, and I think they've actually made the traditional truck look boring now. Yeah, it's so radical that it has actually done that. Yeah. To me, as soon as I saw it, I immediately drew a reference with a 1982 movie, Blade Runner by Ridley Scott. Yeah. The opening scene of the flying vehicle and if you go and look at one of those images online, you'll see the triangular shapes in that car. So when I said it's kind of like a retro futuristic design, in the 80s, the DeLorean in Back to the Future, yeah. Blade Runner, all depicted the future to have these very sharp lines and these triangular shapes were very common. But we have since done away with those where curvature became more popular. So it does really have a futuristic feeling for me and I, I really embrace that and I love the look of it. I actually do like the look of it as well. You know, it is it is very clean lines, but I think that uh, there are people that are going to not like it. But once you see them driving around the street, you, you get used to it. Everybody will stop yeah. and look and go, "What is that?" It makes an impression. And I think yeah. what this will do is we'll start to really challenge people's design thinking. Like, yes, look, I'm not. When I see now a Ford Ranger up against a Cybertruck, I go boring. Yeah, and I did do some research to see whether there's any other manufacturers looking at making electric trucks, mm-hmm. like the Ute kind of thing, and they are. But it's the same platform, yeah, just with an electric motor. Now I saw one. One commentator say that this is a really smart move. That if Tesla were going to produce a, a, a truck, they they had two options: make it look conventional, yeah, or redefine it. And what this guy was saying is that if they made something that looked the same as a Ford F one fifty, then the Ford guys would just stick with the Ford one fifty. Yeah, right? yep. Um, the you had to do something that was radically different to reposition to reposition and appeal to a different market segment. Yeah. You're not a regular truck driver. You appreciate the utility of a ute, which is yes. why you purchased your VW, but you're, you're an inner city metrosexual. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me that, Johnny. Uh, no, I'm not sure I, about metrosexual. I, I love having the... I, look, I, I will, I'll get to it, Johnny. We'll yep. go through the specs and stuff, and then I'll tell you why this is a winner for me. Okay. Yeah, we'll have a look at the specs shortly. On the issue of design, though, we'll just wrap it up on, on what I yep. think about the design. You've accused me of being an Apple fanboy in the past. No, no, you are. Uh, an Apple okay, fanboy. let's call me an Apple fanboy for the purpose of well, this. But you know what's exercise. funny though? I've got an Apple computer sitting in front of me. You're the, the and you've fanboy. got a, 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 a service. <laughs> there you go. Service in front of you. So we're, we're changing roles, but I'm sitting at your it's desk. That's confusing. why. True. It's all. It's all weird yeah, today. This must be the Apple desk. It must be. But um, when we talk about when we look at what Apple actually did back 
in the early days of the iPhone, a lot of people back then criticized Apple for releasing a phone that had no keyboard because BlackBerry was the most dominant player in the market. Never had one. So there was criticism at the time. We didn't have one. We bypassed it. We were ahead of our time, Johnny. That's why. True. We loved it. I embraced it straight away. But there was a lot of criticism at the time because of the radical design of the iPhone. Another example is the earbuds, the white earbuds. When they first came out, they actually do look quite odd. At first glance, you've got them, but you're you're accustomed to them now. We've seen them, you know. Oh, I didn't buy them for the look. I bought them because of the the practicality. I kept on hooking myself. I'd walk around the kitchen. I kept on hooking the cable uh, and nearly strangling myself a few times. So I thought, oh, this is doing my head in. I'm going to get exactly. So you chose them based on the utility, and that was the most important factor. I'm older and more practical, though. True, you are a practical kind of guy. Mm. Uh, So there's a couple of examples there, just with the Apple product lineup when they innovate. It's not always met with applause. There's some criticism for what they do when it's different to what everybody else is doing. And that's what's happening with the Cybertruck. It's clearly a different way of looking at vehicle design that puts the ergo, the aerodynamics as a priority and the utility of it. Because, you know, one of the main reasons apart from the strength is the gain in aerodynamics by having that triangular shape. Mm. And, you know, we also, we spoke about this offline earlier that, because of those sharp angles, they might they might have gone too far, not considered safety and regulation concerns. And most modern vehicles are designed not to be so strong and compact during yeah. an accident so that they crumble and provide further protection. If you look at the interior of the Cybertruck, there's kind of weird marble. Did you notice that? Like a yeah, marble. Yeah, the marble. The, can I, let, let me just quickly go through some of the, 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 the options, right? Just at a high level. There's three options with the Cybertruck. There's a single motor, a dual motor, and a tri-motor. So the single motor will give you a 0 to 100 roughly, 0 to 60 miles per hour at 6.5 seconds, which is equivalent to uh, a V6 Volkswagen Amarok with the big V6 engine in it. You'll get a 250-plus mile range, um, and it's only rear-wheel drive because it's only got the one motor. Towing capacity is still a truckload. Um, have autopilot as standard, and um, that with 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 trucks like this, uh, you know, sort of more off can be used off road. They always have approach angles and departure angles, so which basically relates to the hills you can get up and down and the the, the dips you can get in and out of. And their specs are very good. The ground clearance is up to sixteen uh, inches, which is massive. If we go to the dual motor, same sort of specs, except now we've got two motors, we've got all wheel drive, and we've got a zero to hundred in around four point five seconds. Now that is faster than your Commodore V eight. Right, yeah. So we're talking about some serious speed there that that would outdrag most cars on the road as we see today. Yeah. But then if you want the all-out grunt, you go to the tri-motor all-wheel drive and it'll do 0 to 100 in 2.9 seconds. That's that is supercar category. poor speed yeah. in territory right there. 100%. 2.9 is just absolutely massive. Yeah. And it will tow something like six and a half tons. Yeah. Um, and again, it's got the, the standard autopilot, adaptive air suspension. So the suspension can be moved up and down. Uh, you can have a maximum ground clearance of up to 16 inches, which is would outstrip most uh, jacked-up full drives for the hardcore full drivers. So what I see is a highly specced um, truck that is has provides sports car performance yeah. in a massive truck that can tow, uh, tow a lot. Um, you know, even with the ground clearance and the adaptive air suspension, you can raise it and you can lower it. So, for example, if you're driving the highway, you can lower it, which will improve your efficiency. Yeah. So, um, 
And if you need to go off road, like a bit, the old you can Citrons. Jack it up. Remember the Citrons yeah. from the seventies? They were cool. Well, they we were actually, super cool. Years yeah. ago, we hired one in Europe. My family and yeah. we drove around, and it was beautiful. We jacked it up to get out of snow once. It was yeah, great. very practical. The other thing about them is that they have the one twenty and two forty volt outlets that can be used to supply power tools yeah. with electric Plus, supplies. So that's they also have an air compressor. Yes, because they're using a compressor to jack the suspension up. They've got an outlet where you can plug in, you know, if you want to pump up your tyres, yeah. you can do it straight from the truck. It is, to me, it's just a phenomenal work of art. And so it's what, a great tell you why I'd buy one. Why would you buy one? Okay. H- having owned a ute now for oh, six or seven mm. years, they're very, very good and, and uh, it, when you're travelling away and you need to carry things. And I'm in that position. I've got a house up in the country that the family yeah. goes on holidays to and skiing and things like that. Yeah. And it's excellent for that. They are terrible value for money to buy yeah. uh, because you're basically buying the form factor and you're paying a bit extra. When I say they're not great value for money, well, their performance is never great. They're always a bit underpowered. They um, don't come with a lot of features that other a sedan or a similar price would come with. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially my Volkswagen, they really skimped it. Okay, it's an older version, but they really skimped and they have improved. But, yeah. But I had to look at a newer one mm. and there's really not much difference in six years or something. Yeah. Not much, not much has changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, now they give you GPS, you know, before they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and so I have a very, very basic car that I paid a fair bit of money for. Mm. And the downfalls of it, you know, is the performance of the car. You'd like a bit more power for driving on the highways. It's very capable off-road, but I hardly ever drive off-road. Uh, I would like to have um, some more carrying capacity, which sounds funny because people think a ute should carry heaps. But when you actually have a look at a lot of the utes that are on the market, their trays are quite small. Volkswagen's actually the biggest on the market. Mm. It's higher and it's wider and it's longer. Yeah. Uh, and that height makes a difference, actually, in what you can carry in it because mm. um, often, you know, you've got something that might be a bit high. And when I mean height, like, I've got a cover over my, my tray area. Yeah. Which I think is necessary to have for to lock things in and that kind of thing for safety. And so you have a limit to how high you can go because it's a hard cover. Um, so... Taking all that into consideration, and then you've got the fuel economy issue with a lot of them. Mine's not too bad, but still it will guzzle fuel if you push it a lot. So they're not extremely great value for money. Why I would buy a Cybertruck is it solves all the problems that a traditional large format truck has got. The Cybertruck is big. It's bigger than a Volkswagen Amarok. Mm. It's probably a foot longer than a, than a, an Amarok and it's probably slightly wider and the Amarok is a pretty big car already. Mm. Even though after driving for so long, I'm just used to the size. Yeah. So it's really going head to head with the Ford F, F-150 kind of style of trucks that they have in the US, which is bigger. Mm. So now though, you get better performance. So you've overcome the performance issue. The mileage of the tri-motor is 800 kilometers. Yeah. That's, that's just as good as my car. You know, so now we're getting up there with the mileage. That's not a problem for going into the country and doing a long, a long trip. Yep. You can almost get from Melbourne to Sydney mm. on one charge. Yeah, you probably have to top it up for twenty minutes somewhere, then you'll get get to your destination in Sydney, no problem. Mm. Uh, you've got a six foot tray. The tray is really big. Yeah. Now, my car to load in the back, it's painful. The other thing about the Tesla is that it has an integrated ramp. Yes. So that if you do have, they demonstrated the quad bike, which you can purchase separately, yeah. I believe. We should get one of those. And too. that can just drive right up into yeah. the exactly. tray. That, I'd love to, I'm, I'm want to get a dirt bike. Yeah. If someone wants well, to get a quad bike. bike. Quad bikes are dangerous, Johnny. Why are they dangerous? They Four wheels one. should be better. No. No. They tip over. They oh, tip do they? Over, oh, yeah. they look really cool, They've though. More da- the more, more crashes with that. 
They're trying to ban them, kind of. They oh, want okay. To roll, roll over protector on protection on them. Right. I mean, make them less fun, though. But that that idea that now you've got this airbag suspension, you can drop the rear of the car four mm. inches to load things in the back of the car. Because yep. the thing is with these utes is that when you push things in and you've loaded the car up and you've pushed it right forward in the tray, you yep. can't reach it. Yeah. And so how do you get in there to pull things out? I get my kids to jump in there and go, can you go and pull the bags forward and stuff like that? So now they've eased that problem. Yeah. All right? So um, a lot of problems. You can carry six people. You've got plenty of space. Yeah. I don't like the dashboard, the marble dashboard. Yeah. I think that potentially could change, but I don't know. I found it was really weird that it was so angular in design yes. as well. I didn't really love me, it. I, yeah. I, like, I think about sitting in it and driving it, will it feel like a, uh, a golf cart? Yeah. You know, it's so, so basic You don't have and a dashboard in yeah. front of me, uh, in yeah. front of you, and I like having a dashboard so I can see what's going on. You're going to have this 17-inch monitor yeah. sitting in the middle where everybody will be staring at it and going, you're speeding, you're speeding, you're speeding. Yeah. But, um, but the interior is better. The mm. interior, you've got the big glass roof. Yeah. You've got the um, retractable uh, angular rear that covers the tray in the back. Yeah. Now, that is excellent because now what happens is you've got more usable space in the tray because it's on an angle. The truck, yeah. like the the lid, is higher, and you've closed that gap that you were losing, which means you yep. can actually load more things in the back. Yeah, uh, it, it can the, the height adjustability of it that you can lower it. So a lot of people buy four wheel drives like Utes and they jack them up for off road, and then they have to put steps so that people can get in the cars and all this kind of stuff. Well, this can go up and down as you like, and it can suit the different driving style. Yeah. It, it will be better around town when you lower it up and then when you hit the dirt road, you can jack it up to get a bit more ground clearance. The other thing that I saw, some designs, I'm not sure if these are in existence yet or, or just planned for a future uh, add-on feature, but people turn them into a kind of a cabin for camping. I saw that so in the So there's like photos. an extension you can put onto the, this yep. uh, tray, which I think makes it a really good multi-purpose vehicle for when you are travelling to the country areas. The other thing is that is really highly advertised about this this particular vehicle is how indestructible it is and even when they spoke about it being bulletproof even though the demonstration proved to have some flaws there when you would have seen the demonstration yeah. where they threw the metal ball and the glass was supposed to be resistant to that but it actually cracked yeah there's a whole lot of excuses for that but they're really potentially playing on that whole prepper doomsday scenario market people that want a vehicle that's indestructible for a future apocalypse. It has that kind of feel as well. It does. I've got concerns about it though because we always were taught now about crumple zones and the car crumbling to As I was saying earlier, it doesn't really make sense. But now you've got – what they're basically doing is they're using the outside of the the body shell as a structure, you know, for rigidity in the chassis of the car. So what happens in the event of impact then? How does that protect the the occupant? And they haven't talked about safety at all. They haven't talked about airbags. It's very angular in the um, in the cockpit area. I, exactly. You know what my belief is? That what we saw is not what we're going to totally get. Yeah. I think we'll get that shape, yeah. but we may end up seeing bumper bars on it because bumper bars are introduced as you know, pedestrian safety. If you yeah, somebody, you're like right. That, that there are regulations in different countries will turn around and say, well, look. Where's the bumper bar? And also there are no wing rear mirrors. view mirrors are required by most... Well, but the Laws, thing is, they right. might sit there and say, well, we've got that covered because we're doing it with cameras. Yeah. So we do provide rear vision view for the driver. Yeah. My question is, is okay, they haven't talked about where you see it. it might be in the rear vision mirror that you might get, um, you know, 360-degree view kind yeah. of thing. But you will, and might be on the screen, but obviously they've sorted something out with cameras to manage, you know, the, the side view of the car. But 
it, it's going to be very interesting to see what what they need to do to meet regulations because no doubt they're going to have to meet crash tests and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And we haven't heard anything about that as it stands now. I just I'm just waiting to see what, how it stacks up from a safety perspective. And we have got a couple of years to wait. We believe the first one's going to be available in 2021. I think 2021 they're going to start production, and I think it's late 2021. Yeah. And I and I saw that in late 2022. Yeah. Uh, they'll start the trimotor version. So I, yeah, I was looking at that's it now. So go if, for. I, if I click on order now, yeah, they start giving you sort of some estimates as when to they'll go into production. Now the tricky thing is. Um, whether in Australia they'll lag behind, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and price in Australia, we spoke about the price. They're going to start at around forty thousand US. Yeah. For single motor, single motor, yeah. and then I think sixty for dual, and it was up to eighty or so for the so tri motor. The, the price is really quite competitive yeah. for for what what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, and compared to traditional trucks as well. Yeah. Um. But in Australia, it might be a little bit different. It's going to be different. Yeah. And I watched a video of a guy who basically did a comparison based on previous Tesla models mm. and added on the taxes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And we're looking at probably a base model at around $70,000. Yeah. The next model around nine. So it's a fair bit higher. A bit over 100 for the, for the top yeah. of the range. But still, yeah. people are buying Land Cruisers, Johnny, to yeah, tow true. caravans. Yeah. And they're paying $110,000 plus There's for a Land Cruiser. the Audi Q7, the BMW. Yep. X5 and X6, they're well above 150. And what you're getting in the Cybertruck yep. is the future. Yeah. You're getting range. If you buy the tri-motor, yep. none of those vehicles that you just mentioned could match yeah, the true. performance of the Tesla. Yep. Nothing. And then the other thing is, though, Johnny, which I think people forget, I started looking at um, maintenance of a Tesla. Mm. And their recommendation is, look, you don't need to do a lot of servicing because there's mm. no oil changes or air filters or petrol filters and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you, all you need to do is change, check the brakes every couple of years and the fluid in the brakes and all that kind of stuff, um, even though they said that you don't use the brake pads as much because there's regenerative braking so that yeah. the motors actually help slow the car down so you don't wear out the brakes as much. You might change the filter in the air conditioning. Yeah. But besides that, there's not a lot to maintain. It's true, but I read some reports doing some comparisons between the cost of ownership yeah. against a Tesla and a standard car, various cars, and it wasn't the cheapest car to own by far. No. They factored it, in- It's the purchase price that's the problem. Yeah. It's blowing out the figures. The ongoing maintenance cost to Tesla starts to catch up because you're not paying for the servicing, you're not paying for the, the, the fuel costs. Mm. Um, it's cheaper to charge it than the new yeah. petrol. But it's the- it's the cost, the purchase, pro, the initial purchase price, which is the problem yeah. that is affecting the figures, and yeah. that is always going to be the problem. The, the, the interesting thing is, we're all still waiting to see what the mainstream car manufacturers bring out from electric vehicles. Yeah. If okay, Hyundai and Kia bring out cars that are, are full electric, but they're very low spec and they're expensive. So you're paying, you know, sixty thousand dollars for something, a, a car that in petrol form is worth twenty five. Yeah. Uh, so you're paying an extreme premium for for the electric. Yeah. Uh, you know, technology really in yeah. a car that's still not going to be that great and it's not going to perform that great. True. Whereas but Tesla's BMW and Audi are starting to bring out, I think in 2020, there's going to be a few new models that are yeah. going to be really quite decent for but the features you get. The thing is they're all still more expensive. They're all still yeah. pitching them higher and that's where you won't get full-scale adoption. It's interesting that where the price point of the Cybertruck is not bad. Yeah, if you look at it compared to the other options, it's not mm. too bad at all. six-seater, Johnny. Yeah. You know, it's a big car. Uh, you know, and and it has the performance, and it, it's just 
And I think from a styling perspective, it was a bit like, remember the Renault Megans came out and I had Which one, you had one of those. And everyone, either, either you liked it or you didn't. I personally liked it. Now the Renault Megans have, you know, some, the new Renault Megans were beautiful. But yeah. they've gone up in price a lot, but they look beautiful. And so people adapt. You know, we don't, we drive different cars than what we did 20 years ago. They look different. Yeah. So I, I think, think people will get used to it. It'll grow on people. Another thing is as an endorsement, there's quite a few people that have placed orders of this. So as we mentioned, there's over 250,000 orders for this. So that shows I'm tempted, John. I'm, I'm still it. tossing up. should do it, silly. I would encourage It's $150 it. and it's, it says here, fully refundable. You'll be able to complete your configuration as production nears in late 2021. Tri-motor all-wheel drive production is expected to begin in late 2022. So if you want the full spec, you're going to have to wait even longer. Now, I'm, I'm saying that by the time it hits Australian shores, you're going to be looking to, uh, 2023 for, say, the tri-motor, and you may get, at best, your dual-motor cyber truck in 2022. Do you think that by pre-ordering, you're basically securing your vehicle early? If you if you wait till later, do you think it's I going think to take even longer to get it? I think you queue. You've been a long queue so for it. it happen, so really, if you're serious about it, you've got to pre-order now. Yeah. So they're saying you'll be able to complete your configuration of production as production nears in late 2021. Yeah, when they finalise so all the we're, options. we've got two years to go. Yeah. And I reckon the cars will be delivered in 2022 and start to be seen on the roads here. Yeah. At best. Should I do it? I reckon do it, silly. Should I pay the $150? I reckon go for it. Get my name on the on the list. But the thing is, I don't know how much it costs. Got nothing to lose, silly. Well, you have If you change your mind, just refundable. get your refundable deposit. And you're supporting Tesla in the meantime. Dubai Police ordered one. Yeah. How cool is that? I they, saw they've, Look, they've gone and bought supercars and stuff like that yeah, in the past. Yeah. Uh, but you know, why wouldn't you? you if you're to- in the market for you and you could afford to do it, yeah. why wouldn't you do it? Because as my, my summary of it is, is, is this model solves all the problems of a traditional ute. Yeah. To get, if you buy an F-150 or a Ram, like you buy a Ram, which you can buy in Australia. What's a Ram? It's a massive truck. Yeah. And people buy them primarily for towing. Yeah. T- towing like big race cars, or big yeah. caravans and things like that. This could replace that. You're paying over $100,000 for a car that guzzles petrol. Yeah. Like they are yeah. horrendous right. on petrol yeah. consumption. You've now solved that. Yeah. And you've got better performance. Yeah. I reckon we're all insulin. I want to see you with a Cybertruck. I'm waiting for the new Roadster. That's more my style. Yeah, but have you seen the price? Yeah, I'll go for it still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, silly. <laughs> with the imminent success of this podcast, oh, look. Look, this will pay out the well, Cybertruck this- and the Roadster, and we're going to be all in with Tesla. I, I think I might do it, Johnny. I think I, I might put my name Go down. for it, silly. But what have I got to lose, really? And like, listen, the other thing about it is that you- Elon Musk promised that one of these is going to appear on Mars. So he's going to, he's going to launch one on, on his SpaceX rocket and put one on Mars. I hope they come in different colors.